freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to the second hour of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. So coming up this hour, we have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report, of course. We also have Dan's Tip of the Week. But our theme today is firearms are serious fun. And our next guest used to be very much in disagreement with that statement. Uh, Miss Robin Sandoval has taken the journey from being anti-gun to now being a certified NRA instructor for pistol shooting, home firearm safety, and personal protection. And she manages a girl and a gun shooting leagues. What a journey. Miss Robin, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. I'm so excited to uh, bring you onto the airwaves and and uh, just let you share your story. How does one go from from thinking, you know, guns have no part of my life and my home, to to now being what you are as far as an NRA certified instructor? Well, thank you for having me, and um, I'm happy to share my story. I think my story is the same as many women in America as women are the fastest growing demographic of gun owners. I think a lot of people start with curiosity and then just are given the opportunity. So going back a little bit, for me, I grew up in Dallas. I grew up in a big city. Um, While it was Texas and guns were around, they weren't part of my home. So my family wasn't into hunting and we just didn't have guns around. So my only experience with firearms was seeing what I saw in the news, um, which was often criminal activity or accidental shootings or or neglect. And and for me, it was a very scary prospect to have a firearm in our home. We had three children, and we have three children. And my husband had wanted to bring a gun in to our home for a long time, and I was just very uncomfortable with it. I felt that it increased our our chances of having one of those accidents or criminal activity. And so it was a 10-year conversation. And over 10 years, we discussed it many times about how we would safely store them, how we would safely know how to use them. And, and finally, it wasn't until after Hurricane Katrina, when I saw a modern American city turn overnight into somewhere that, where there were no first responders and there, were no, um, there was no food, there was no infrastructure, you were really on your own. And that became a reality for a lot of people. And fortunately, in my community, it was safe. But it really does make you see, be, uh, realize your vulnerability. And as a mother, I didn't want to face that alone. So my husband and I, after all these years of conversations, agreed to have one gun that we would use or that we would keep locked away for an emergency situation that only he would use in an emergency situation. Of course, that was kind of the gateway to allow me into (laughs) the world of gun ownership. And what I discovered was that that when you are a gun owner, you all of a sudden come to this other side of the mountain where you see the world in a completely different way. You know, you see the good training opportunities that are available, and you see the good people that are behind firearms, and you see the community and the the veterans and the 
um, the service and civic-minded people that are in the gun owning community, and you don't see that from the other side. And so now that I participate with these wonderful people in the gun community, I'm always trying to go back to the outside world, so to speak, and say, here you are, a normal American mom. I get it. I'm you. I'm just like you. But let me tell you about these great people in the gun community. Let me tell you about our training information. Let's, let's, let me help you see what's on the other side of the mountain so you won't be so afraid of this tool. Well, Robin, welcome to the freedom side of life, <laughs> uh, the other side. And, um, you know, a couple things, too, is um, there should be a warning label on every gun that you buy that says it's addicting and you will buy more than one gun. Because that's I right. honestly, I don't know very many people that just have one gun. Right. And so that's good. And, you know, your husband now probably can get more guns because you are on the good side and uh, you're involved in the shooting. And so it's, it's, it's just great. I pretty appreciate that. And the one other thing is that I, I'm so glad to hear that you've decided to come to the other side without it being a tragic thing that happened to you. So many times yeah. we see that people have uh, had to, uh, that went through some criminal thing, they were attacked, and then decided to get a gun. So you did this before that, before it would happen or has happened. So I, I, I really appreciate that. Yes, and that, that's kind of, when I tell my convergence story, it's really, un, I feel uninspiring or, un, you know, it's kind of anticlimactic because there wasn't anything that was life-changing. It was really a slow process. But what I found was when I shared it with people, it really resonated with so many women that said, you know, I thought about shooting a gun, but I've been kind of scared. Or I've always kind of wanted to learn, but I don't know where to go. And so that's one of the great things is that as I was going on my journey, it was at the same time that my friend and mentor, Juliana Crowder, was starting a Girl in the Gun Women's Shooting League. And I went to a girls' night out. It was one of the first ones. And that's really where I learned to shoot. That's where I met with other moms and said, how do you store them? How do you keep them from your children? How do you talk to your children about it? And I was honestly a closet shooter for about a year. You know, I didn't <laughs> want anyone at the school to know. I didn't want anyone at work to know. And, and it was really me coming into my own to say, it was really an identity thing for me to say, I'm a proud gun owner. This is how I feel. And this is why I want to share my experience with other people. And right. so, so many people have resonated with that story, just having the opportunity, you know, that's what a girl and a gun is about. Here's a girl's night out. You don't need, you don't need a gun. You don't, we have it. We'll teach you how to train. We'll make it safe. We'll make it fun. And that's really what is just providing that opportunity for so many people who are ready to take that next step. Seeing you do this without a tragedy is, is more to me of inspiration because you actually did this. You, we weren't forced to do it. You didn't feel like that's the only other option. You choose, you chose to do that. And to me, that's really important. So don't take that lightly that you don't have a cause or a reason. You do have a reason. You want to be free and you want to be able to protect yourself and you want to enjoy firearms. And that's, yeah. that's awesome. Well, and I like that you didn't just go to the store, buy the gun and kind of, we call it the Christmas puppy syndrome. You know, so, okay, yeah, I got a gun now. I'm going to put it in its safe or stick it in a drawer or something, and then that's it. Uh, you went through the training. You you fully committed to it, and you now also help other people so that you are a safe and responsible gun owner, modeling safe, responsible gun ownership for your children and for all these other families that you encounter. Right. 
And and so that's what's so important because when we hear these things on the news, like Katrina, Hurricane Katrina was sort of your turning point. And for so many people, it's, um, to be honest, because we have a gun, we own a gun store, we own AZ Firearms. If uh, the president or the vice president makes a speech and they mention the word gun or something that sounds like gun, we have a line out the door the next day because they scare people. And, right. and everybody gets afraid that they're going to change the laws. And so people buy because they're afraid. And then I think that too many have the Christmas puppy syndrome. Right. A lot of well, them I, just get ignored. Go ahead, right. Jane. And I, I think that that's kind of an interesting point to say that when the president mentioned something about guns, guns go up, gun sales go up, because that obviously proves that people are more afraid of not having them. They're more afraid of the legislation that bans them than to actually have guns in their community. That is so, such an important point. Yeah, I think that there are a lot of people who are afraid of guns, but I think more people are afraid of not having them and what that would mean for our society. So, um, But yeah, I, I did learn how to shoot, and, and uh, that's one of the, the reasons why I love a girl and a gun so much is it makes it accessible to everyone. It makes it fun. It makes it less scary because just having the gun isn't enough. You know that, too. And, and you also know that you know when you buy your own gun, it's like, you know, it's like buying shoes. You can't send out your husband to buy you a pair of shoes. You yeah, please don't. please don't. You know, 31 years, that doesn't work, okay? <laughs> We've been married 31 years, and I can't buy her a purse. I can't buy her it's shoes. It's true. Hey, you, you know, can't buy her a gun. Then you, thing. No. Yeah, please do not. Go shopping together, but, yeah, don't buy the gun for, for your spouse. But I wanted to talk about, uh, we all just came back from Kentucky. We, you were there also uh, at the NRA meetings. What what was that experience for you? What was your takeaway from this year? Had you gone before? This was our first year going. Yeah, this was actually my first year going to. I I um I know that you know my my daughter has been battling brain cancer, so it's um, she's six, and so it's kind of hard for me to get away sometimes. But um, I was able to go this year, and really the most amazing thing is just seeing all of our friends. Um, people, women I've met around the country through a girl and a gun, seeing them, I only get to see them a couple times a year. So for me, it's always great to see our friends and our sponsors and our supporters. Uh, Juliana and I were hosted by Remington this year, so we were in the Remington booth, and it was just so nice to to see so many people that come, that come by because at NRA, it's a lot of our members. It's a lot of people who are interested in what we do, and it's so wonderful. You know, sometimes, like anything, I, I get kind of stuck in the daily grind of, of um, behind the computer and it's so nice to get out there and actually see everyone again it's really rejuvenating well it really is a testament to the community that the shooting sports is right shooting yes. sports are <laughs> absolutely absolutely it's and especially the women in the in the community i have met the most amazing women um I'm, i consider it a privilege to work in this industry with so many amazing women well, I agree, and, and we are privileged that you are among our ranks. And I can't believe our time has already gone by that quickly. Um, but I do want to give people a chance to know how do they follow your work, read your conversion story, get involved with A Girl in a Gun. T- tell us all about that. Well, you can follow us on Facebook, and also our website is agirlinagun.org. And people can watch for us there. Um, all of our members get lots of emails from me, and, and uh, we have a really great Facebook community. So um, we're pretty easy to find. <laughs> that's awesome. And and you're, you're, uh, you wrote a blog on your conversion story, and that's on the website, A Girl in a Gun, right? Yes. If you search Discoveries of an Anti-Gunner, My Conversion to the Other Side, it's on agirlinagun.org. 
That's fantastic. And I, I think we do have to wrap up, but you and I are going to see each other in D.C. for the D.C. project in July. Yes, Coming up. So um, I'm looking forward to that and all the best to you and, and your daughter. Um, you. I ho- hope things are going well there. And thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. All right. Well, don't move a muscle because we still have a lot coming up. Our theme today is firearms are serious fun. And our next guest is Miss Deb Despain. She is not only a registered nurse and a mom, but she's also a gun owner and an NRA certified firearms instructor. Interesting lady. Stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. We're sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. You know, our theme today is firearms are serious fun. They're both serious and serious fun. (laughs) And we're excited to bring our next guest, Debbie Despain. How are you doing, Debbie? I'm wonderful. How are you all today? Awesome. Thank you so much for for joining us. Now, Deb, I was just... uh, saying in in the the lead out that you wear an interesting combination of hats don't you you're a mom go ahead i do i wear a lot of different hats you're exactly right go ahead i'm sorry so you're a mom you're a registered nurse and and there's a lot of people out there that hear those two hats and say well clearly she's going to say that guns are bad and they hurt people 
But then wait a minute, you also wear the hat of an NRA firearms instructor and you competed at the Bianchi Cup this year. What the heck is going on? Absolutely. Can you believe that? That's Um, fantastic. I have um, been a gun owner since I was old enough to own a gun. And I've had a gun since I was a little girl. So um, I've always been um, exposed to guns, loved guns, and was taught to respect them at an early age. So I think education is super, super important. It really is. And do you find that your cohorts, uh, you know, other moms or your cohorts at the, the hospital, your other registered nurse friends, find it an odd thing that you are, you know, so comfortable with firearms? You know, actually, I would say that um, maybe 10 years ago, that would have been the story. However, um, over the last few years, um, we have had a lot of bad things happen to women in our area. So I would have women come up to me and say, you're that gun girl, aren't you? (laughs) Yes, I'm the gun girl. Um, tell me what you do. And I'm like, well, let, you know, I would explain to them that, um, first of all, I'd tell them a little bit about my story. And I would say, tell me why you're asking. Well, I bought a gun. And I said, and what kind of classes have you had? Nothing. It's in my purse. Well, we need to talk. So yeah, then that would start the conversation of, let's go out to the range. Let's um, teach you how to use your gun safely, um, how to carry your gun safely, when to use it. Um, and in the state of Indiana, um, you really don't have to have a class, Now, in, which is where I work. In Kentucky, I'm a concealed carry instructor, and we have to have an eight-hour class. So um, in my opinion, eight hours is great. It's probably not enough. But for a lot of people, they get a lot of good instruction. So that's, um, that's, I would say, probably 80% of the women now, um, women and men, get it where they used to not. Deb, could you imagine one of your coworkers who's a nurse that would come in to work and say, yeah, I want to be a nurse. I don't have any training. I'm going to start today. <laughs> could you imagine how that would be? And why wouldn't they think it's the same way in a gun? You've got to get training. It's, it's, it's a powerful item, right? It's a very powerful item, and it's, it's a, well, this is what I say to, I love teaching women, so I, I usually speak about women, but I teach men and women. It's another tool in our toolbox. Um, so we have a lot of different tools, um, whether it is to have fun or whether it's to compete, um, and it's another one, but you have to learn to use it. You have to learn to respect it, um, and I do, and that's the way I teach other women and men as well. So you're exactly right. I can't imagine a nurse walking in with nobody else and saying, you know, I've not started an IV, but I looked at a book, and I think (laughs) I'm going to start your IV today. Well, it just gives me shivers to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, So So, you you mentioned, you alluded to, you tell people your story. Um, uh tell Tell us a little bit about your story. When I was in nursing school, um, I um, came home from an evening with a couple of girlfriends in my small local town, um, locked my door, went inside, did my nails, went to bed, um, all was well until something woke me up 
And when my eyes um, opened my eyes, there was a man, very, very tall, much taller than six foot, standing at the end of my bed. I could see the silhouette. I could see his arms. I could see the rope in his hand. Um, and I didn't move. But I had a gun beside my bed, which I'd been taught to use. And it was a gift to me by our local sheriff. I was a very good friend of his and my family. So that was that was his carry gun, and it was it was a wonderful gift. And for whatever reason, he knocked over a little basket of uh, nail polish. All the little glass bottles clicked together. So that's what woke me up. Um, or probably I wouldn't be having this conversation today. Um, he walked away for some reason, but when he came back, um, I already had my gun in my hand, and um, when he was, I felt like um, too close for comfort, um, I fired. Um, I missed him. I fired a second time. Um, I thought I hit him. He played dead, um, and I saved my life with my gun. Um, people say, aren't you so glad you missed him? Um, I'm going <laughs> to say on the radio, no, I'm not. Because yeah. the man raped many people from ages 12 to 90. Mm. And those people's lives are destroyed. Mm. And I get told still telling you that story. He never touched a hair on my body. But it was only because of my gun. And he told the police that. I mean, his plan was, if I'd walked over him, to grab me. His plan was to rape and kill me. Um, and he went to prison for breaking and entering. But oh, he gosh. went to prison multiple times, got out, um, and walks the streets today. But um, that's my story, and um, I've shared it with many people and really, I think, changed a lot of women's lives. Um, by giving them um, education on another tool in their toolbox. So, Well, absolutely. And, you know, I think it speaks so powerfully to people that they want to rationalize what crime is going to look and feel like when they haven't experienced it. And I think they want to say to themselves and to others, well, you don't need a gun, just call the police. Well, um, it took the police about... 35 minutes to get there after I called them. So, um, you know, at that time I lived in a rural area, but it really doesn't matter. I've called the police in the middle of the city before when I thought someone had broken in my house. I would have already been dead by the time they were there. Um, you know, and unless you have a police officer living with you, it's not going to save your life, you know. I love our police officers. Mm -hmm. I respect them, and they're amazing people, and they do a wonderful job. Mm -hmm. But they're not right beside you um, when you need them most of the time. Well, that's the thing is, you know, I, I tend to ask people, wouldn't it be great if we had one police officer per person to just, you know, be there with us all the time with their firearms? And, of course, their heads nod. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, that's what I'm doing for myself by being a safe and responsible firearms owner. That's exactly right. Um, and that's what we have to be. You know, we have to protect ourselves. Um, and it, whether you're a man, woman, whatever, um, 
you need to educate yourself on the very best way to do it. Now, some women come up to me and say, there's no way I could ever carry a gun. That's okay. I'm going to teach you some other ways to protect yourself. That's so, awesome. you know, there's a, we have a lot of tools. Um, my favorite tool happens to be um, one of my carry guns. Um, and I get asked many times, how many guns do you own? Well, um, I own enough and I own never enough. So, <laughs> um, I want more. I love them. They're beautiful. Um, but, um, you can never have enough. You know, Danny had just said with one of our previous guests that guns should come with a warning label that they're addictive because <laughs> nobody owns just one. It's like Lay's potato chips. They, they are. No, and, that's, Deb, the... That's, Wanted, yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just wanted to say that, you know, when I take um, Cheryl and my daughter, when we're out walking around, I have two armed security guards with me, and it's a good feeling. Hmm, that's you know? nice. Um, well, we are almost out of time, Deb, but thank you so much for sharing that incredible story. I, I just, it gave me goosebumps listening to it because it's so true, and it's so, and it happens more often than what we want to even know about not only the the crime part of it, but the the part where people are saving lives uh, by being safe and responsible gun owners. But um, just be really quickly before we we jump off here. How did it go at Bianchi Cup? This was your first time, right? It was my first time. I didn't do well. Let me just say <laughs> that's okay. It, it is okay because I'm the, among the best of the best. You know, there are some. People that that's all they do is shoot for a living, and um, they they shoot 365 days a year. Um, I happen to be um, a nurse and love my job, and I shoot for fun. But I have had the most amazing experience. Um, I plan to come back next year much more prepared. Um, we have a lot of things um, here at Bianchi Cup that I've never practiced before, so. I met a lot of amazing people, um, and I will tell you, gun people are the most wonderful people in the world. You know, I was at NRA. There wasn't a darn person that got shot. I've been at Bianchi <laughs> Cup. Not a daggone person got shot. Imagine that. And they're not going to report that on the news, are they? They sure are. Well, real quick before we have to jump off here, tell people how they can follow you. Um, please follow me at um, Gun Girl Gladiator. Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, I have a web page and would love for you to follow me as well. So, um, Deb Spain and, um, and I teach in, teach in Phil Carey in Kentucky and primarily shoot in Evansville, Indiana. So I would love to work with anybody. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Deb. And I'll be seeing you in DC in July as well with the you DC project. Will. You will, and I'm excited. Thanks me, so much, Cheryl. Me too. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right. Don't go away. We still have a very important guest coming up. We have Scott Levin of the Arizona Game and Fish Department looking into the crystal ball of the future of outdoor sports in America. What he has to say might surprise you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. 
Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. We have a special guest in studio, Scott Levin. He is the he's a wild he's a chief branch. Oh, you know what, Cheryl, I need help. Sorry. <laughs> well, you know what screwed you up is I said his name wrong, and then right. you said his name wrong. It's Scott Lavin. Right? Did I say it right now, Scott? Lavin. Lavin. Dad. And he is the (laughs) Wildlife Recreational Branch Chief for the Arizona Game and Fish Department. There, I've got it right. You know, Scott, (laughs) it makes me nervous because we're going to be talking about a very serious problem that we have coming up that we talked about a couple weeks ago. And and I'm very nervous about it. So I'd like for you to bring that to the guests, please. Sure. I hope. Glad to help. All right. So like we were saying, um, he's going to kind of look into the crystal ball, right? We're going to see what are the future of our outdoor sports because, you know, Scott, we see Cabela's is huge, right? They look healthy and Sportsman's Outlet and, you know, there's all these shows on TV. It looks like we have a really healthy outlook, but you told us a little different story. Well, I'd say that we have a a stable marketplace, um, but you know, retailers have marketers. I mean, I come from retail, I hate to admit, but, uh, you know, retailers have these people called marketers and they, they commercialize things and they uh, inspire us with, with uh, uh, you know, images that, that, that empower us to make a purchasing decision. State wildlife agencies don't have these skill sets, uh, at least not until very recently. So our, our, you know, while the market share of hunters has been stable, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife, Sur- wildlife Service does a survey every five years 
And, and the average, you know, over the last 20 or 25 years, we have about 40 million hunters and anglers. So that's a, a stable customer base. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at the population growing, the percent total population is actually in decline. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is the retailers, uh, you know, I mean, guys like me, I mean, I'm spending more on hunting every single year because I see more toys and I, and I, and I go buy them. So, <laughs> so the, the, the same customer base is spending more and more every year, but... What we've done uh, at Arizona Game of Fish, we have a social scientist by the name of uh, Dr. Lauren Chase, a uh, really brilliant guy. He's done a, a, a longitudinal study on a national level. And with, with a few states that are rare exceptions, it's the same hunters every year, and they're aging out. So the same people are buying these hunting licenses every year, and then they hit this cliff at 71. Mm. I really hope I'm in good enough shape to hunt at 71. Seriously, But the, they, they hit 71, and they fall out of the marketplace, and we have not done a, a significant or a successful job of, of inviting a new generation of hunters to backfill. So we have a finite customer base uh, in, the, in, in the retail industry and in the conservation industry. I mean, that is really, I mean, it kind of gives me shivers to think about uh, this, the majority of the population that engages in our outdoor sports. We're talking backpacking, hunting, um, camping, fishing even, is going to age out. I mean, that's, that's kind of scary sounding. We have an Arizona uh, State uh, Outdoor Recreational Business Summit that uh, Arizona Game of Fish hosts and I, and I kind of chair um, and we've told this story uh, at every summit. We've been doing this for about four years now. And we've had store managers and district managers stand up and say, you just scared the what out of me. Mm-hmm. So it is an eye opener. Uh, I can tell you that when I was in retail, I was in the hunting and fishing um, uh, retail industry. Uh, I, d- I had no idea. You know, mm-hmm. you just think that, you know, Americans have money. They're going to keep on buying. But people aren't growing up the same ways. And the ur- increased urbanization and the changing demographics you just don't grow up shooting with your granddad anymore. So we, we have not, we don't have that built in mentorship in our society any longer. Well, there is hope though, for just pennies a day, no, <laughs> no, there is hope. Nice. And, you know, the hope is that, you know, we as hunters need to invite people that's never hunted before and let them catch that bug. Right. Absolutely. And if we don't do that, it's definitely going to go the wayside. Absolutely. And so how do we do that? I mean, you guys have the fishing game department has those events every year where you go out and you get to shoot guns and you get to see what the wildlife, things like that. What, what do you, what can save us? Well, you know, like with anything, whether it's, it's becoming a shooter or an angler or your, your, your previous guest, you talked about what does it take to become trained as a nurse? There's this, there's an adoption sequence for anyone to pursue an activity to self-identify as a, as a nurse or a shooter or a hunter. And, and the department is really good at providing those trial experiences, that first hand-on, uh, uh, hands-on experience. So if you come to our outdoor expo, you might shoot a bow. Or if, if you're at the local gun club, you might try a, a firearm on a, on a you know, uh, an, you know, first shots program. But the unfortunate part about what we do, you know, you can pretty much become a jogger in an afternoon. You might be able mm-hmm. to master softball on a weekend. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you mentioned how, you know, the gravity of, of owning a firearm and taking that serious and, and becoming confident with its use in a safe, legal, ethical manner, that takes a longer adoption sequence. And one thing we've always failed in, traditionally is we think people think like us. So when you talk about inviting a new audience, we've got to stop thinking like us and we've got to talk to that new audience and say, what is inviting for you? I had a uh, an example this past week, I'm trying to get my wife into some different shooting activities, and we went to a, uh, a range to this user group. 
And I was really excited. I pulled up, there's 70 cars. I'm thinking, this is going to be great. And we walk up and we, you know, we, we you know, didn't know anybody and uh, everybody was shooting and stuff. There was no, you know, entrance or gateway. There was no ambassador to welcome you. Mm. And, you know, I'm hard-headed, so I'm going to get to go to shoot at this club, club sooner or later. But if you're new to the shooting industry mm-hmm. and you're not being invited and welcome, um, you know, we have to work extra hard to, to reach out to these new people because they didn't grow up like we did. Right. I mean, how does it, I mean, a guy said, I want to go bird hunting. I want to go dove hunting. That's simple. I'm going to go dove hunting. So I'm going to go buy a shotgun, buy a, box, a case of shells. I need a case. And then <laughs> I'm going to go get my hunting license and I'm going to go bird hunting. No, it, it's not that simple. You need somebody to take you. Is it you the need, right season? Right. right. Am what I shooting at the right bird? So it makes it a little more difficult and harder for a new guy to do it on his own. So it's up to us to get other people involved because they're not going to do it on their own because it's difficult to learn. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're very fortunate in Arizona. We have a collaboration of nonprofit game organizations and youth development clubs that work with the department uh, exceptionally well. We've been doing this for about five years. And if you go to the website, we have uh, uh, the Outdoor Skills Network. Uh, and the, uh, through the department's local sportsman's grants, we've hel- we help fund these partner organizations. And they do about 40 mentored camps a year for anything from bird hunting to uh, predator hunting. Uh, or, and, and, and like I say, they're outdoor skills. Some of them aren't even hunting camps, but they get you out because hunting's just part of it. If you're going on a, uh, an extended hunt where you're not going to, you know, bird hunting you can do in the afternoon, but if you're doing a deer hunt, do you even have the right apparel? Do you have camping gear? Do you know where you're going? Uh, there, you know, field hygiene is an, is, is an art unto itself. And there's a long learning right. curve. Tell, so, tell us that, that site again, that website again. So if you go to the uh, azgfd.com uh, website, uh, and then you go slash hunting slash mentored camps. There's a Google calendar that tells you what camps are coming up. Uh, it's also uh, printed in the Arizona Game and Fish Department hunting regs. There's about four pages of events. Uh, and, and what we're trying to do is, is get these organizations to, to give you a full menu of events. So they're not all just deer camps. They're, they're every species uh, uh, just about for sporting uh, um, sports species in Arizona. And they, they tr- we're trying to fill the calendar because, wow, great, you had a great out camp. What are you going to do the rest of the year? You're going to lapse if we don't give you other fun activities to keep you engaged throughout the year. So and is I there, can... a, I'm sorry, Cheryl, but is there a deal so that I'm, I'm new in town, I've hunted in California, but now I, I don't know anybody here and I want to go dove season. It's coming up and I want to go dove hunting. I can talk to those organizations and they'll take me to a place to hunt and go through that. Is that what that is? Absolutely. Um, I'm from the East coast. Originally, I, Arizona has a very rich, uh, and very plentiful, uh, diversity of nonprofit Gabe organizations. We have, uh, pheasants and quail forever. We have Arizona, uh, uh, elk society, uh, we have uh, the Arizona Deer Association. There's just just about any kind of species that you might be interested in pursuing. You know, uh, we have Trout Unlimited. I mean, if you're, you know, even anglers. So there is there is a game organization for you that that specializes in the species that you may want to pursue. And I can be the greenest, most urbanite there is, and still feel like n- not an outsider and not like I'm floundering. You know, the, these camps, we've been so successful is we get these guys and girls to take their hats off at the door, and we come together to, to make the best possible camp. And many of these camp, most of these camps now are put on by multiple organizations. And, and what's really neat about them is, is we've built these camps around that customer experience. So, you know, and we learned from, from my days in retail that mom makes the purchasing decision. She also pretty much plans the weekend. So these camps are mom-friendly. 
Um, we've got, we don't have just porta pots in the middle of nowhere in the woods. We have clean porta pots. We have people with food handlers cards, cards making you good food. You don't have Scott, you know, flipping burgers on an old hibachi. So, so we know the kids aren't going to get sick. They're, they're going to have safe uh, mentorship, uh, and, and it's a community. And, and that social aspect is so much more important in this younger generation. Uh, a lot of us probably go out and, and shoot and hunt on our own and, and fish on our own, and it's a form of relaxation. Um, the, the newer generations are much more interested in, in that social dynamic. And one of the things we've really been, found interesting is the children, uh, the, I say children, the, the youth, you know, these, these kids from 10, 10 years old and older that come to these camps, they want their own story time. They want to tell their own right. stories to people of their own age group. Right, and I understand, like, the fishing game has a, a youth dove hunting on the west side over by my house yep. that they uh, take. It, you, you can only be younger. You have to be under, I don't know, 18 I guess to hunt in this area, and it's a it's a great way because they don't have to feel intimidated, and they they have people there to watch them and work with them. Well, we have about run out of time, but it's so these things are important. These programs are important. Can you tell us just quickly how how do, is there funding? How is, are these funded? Well, the Arizona Game Fish Department, like most state wildlife agencies, receive no general tax dollars. So your tax dollars don't fund conservation. Um, yeah, basically, our funding comes from the sale of hunting and fishing licenses and uh, a, a program called the Wildlife Restoration Fund, which is the excise taxes that come uh, from the purchase of firearms, ammunition, archery equipment, and tackle, fishing tackle equipment. Um, that is the, our primary funding source. Um, and as I said, uh, we have a, a local sportsman's grant that supports these nonprofit game organizations, but it's really these nonprofit clubs that are doing the lion's share of, of the recruitment work in the field. We can provide guidance and science, but we don't have the staff as a state agency to, to field 40 camps a year. So these partners are really the heroes in the effort. Absolutely. This is so important. We're definitely going to have you back on. Would you come back on again? I'd love to. I love it. Okay. Well, we've got to say goodbye for now. But thank you for coming coming on. And uh, stick around because we still have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Tip of the Week coming up right after this message. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I am asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. 
gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is an old town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, Dan, what an awesome lineup of guests we've had today. Yes, it's been great. This is just incredible how uh, one person's story kind of builds on on the next and how there's so many commonalities out there. And uh, one of the things that we love to do, I say this every week, we feel so honored to be able to bring stories to the air that you're not going to hear on CNN. You're not going to hear it on Fox. And our guest, Deb uh, Despain, had one of those stories. She herself personally... And uh, so to, to even take that a step further, we've got our weekly Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. Well, our little theme music doesn't want to play. This is, this is live radio as, as live as it gets today, right? <laughs> yeah, that's one of the problems with live radio. I can't, I can't stumble and get away with it. It's true. But that's well, okay. Yeah, it's, you know? it's okay. You were supposed to hear uh, the Superman theme that we fights for truth and justice in the American way. And that's what we think that uh, responsibly our citizens uh, are, are trying to do. So um, kind of taking some of these stories that we've talked about today and, and Deb's story where she says, you know, that it's not that the police are, are bad, they're busy or they're just far away. Right. They can't be everywhere. And, you know, you think about it, it only takes somebody a, a minute to assault you less than and, that and kill you. So Name a place where you can be that a police is going to be there within a minute. Maybe in the police station. Right. But it, it but makes they, us wonder. Please understand, we love what the police are doing, and they're doing a great job, but they can't be everywhere. That's, that's why that's I have my two armed guards with me, that's Cheryl and Cassie. <laughs> and yourself, because yes. you're a responsibly armed citizen. But, right. but it makes us wonder, you know, can we trust the legal system? I mean, that's a big question, but more specifically... Can we trust the legal system to protect us, to protect our lives? If we know someone that is intent or we know that someone is intent on doing us harm, we have a legal avenue to, you know, assist us. It's available to us as citizens. We can file an order of protection against the person that we fear. Uh, It's commonly called a restraining order, right? And it is a piece of written law that instructs danger to stay away from us we even get a piece of paper assuring us that danger has been served with these instructions that piece of paper is designed to offer us comfort that danger will no longer be a problem in our lives 
similar in many ways to the piece of paper we see on the windows of restaurants and other establishments that tell danger not to bring his guns inside the building. I'm starting to think maybe that danger can't read. If he could read, I'm, I'm sure that danger would comply. Or, or maybe danger just hasn't had the opportunity to fully understand that the signs and the paper are supposed to tell him how to be a better citizen and treat others with the kindness and a respect. If danger had just understood these things better, if it, they were just better explained to him, I'm sure he would cooperate, right? Well, recently in Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky, danger was given one of these pieces of paper, these orders of protection, these restraining orders, telling him that his ex-girlfriend no longer wanted him to pay her visits. Seems she grew tired of danger, inflicting wounds on her face and her body in his fits of anger and domestic violence. Danger's ex-girlfriend trusted the legal system to protect her with one of those magical and enlightening pieces of paper, one of those restraining orders. So imagine her surprise when Danger showed up at her home at 6.30 on a bright, sunny morning earlier this month. It seems that Danger did read that piece of paper, and instead of becoming a better citizen, he became even angrier than before. It seems Danger felt he had a score to settle with his insolent ex-girlfriend. How dare she demand that he read this piece of paper and require him to follow her demands that he stay away from her. Danger doesn't follow rules, especially those handed down by someone he sees as his property, this ex-girlfriend. Danger calls the shots. Danger goes where he wants, when he wants, and does what he wants when he gets there, period. Well, that is unless the ex-girlfriend has armed herself not with just a piece of paper, but also with a firearm. Seems the ex-girlfriend had less trust in the legal system and its papers than she did in her own ability to protect herself as a safe and responsibly armed citizen. Seems danger wasn't expecting the ex-girlfriend to have a tool to help her equalize the power of danger's physical size and strength that it has always had over her. And when the police arrived, they found danger more fully informed and a lot less dangerous, lying on the front lawn awaiting medical attention from the multiple reminders the ex-girlfriend had sent in his direction from that firearm that Danger's presence and his anger and his abuse were no longer welcome in her home. A man is recovering this midday after being shot multiple times in Lexington. It happened just before 7 o'clock this morning at a home on Kildare Court. That's in the Hollow Creek neighborhood. The victim was taken to UK hospital with serious injury. WKYT's Mike Byer is near the scene with the latest on what police are calling a domestic violence case. Mike? Lexington police have been walking up and down the street talking with neighbors trying to get any additional information about this morning's shooting. This is what police have gathered. They tell us this morning's shooting is an isolated incident involving domestic violence. It happened shortly before 7 a.m. This is when police were called to the 500 block of Kildare Court, a little over a mile from New Circle Road. Officers tell us when they arrived on scene, they found a man lying in the front lawn of a home. Police say the man had multiple gunshot wounds. He was taken to UK hospital. Police Police tell us the man was conscious, but that his injuries are considered to be serious. Now, police tell us that man has an active domestic violence order against him. Investigators believe his former girlfriend shot him in self-defense. 
Now, I've spoken with several neighbors who say this isn't the first time that they've seen police at this house. In Lexington, Mike Byer, WKYT. And charges are pending against the man who remains at the hospital right now. Wow, I guess the guy probably weighs a few grains more than he did when he went in that house. Ha <laughs> ha, but I'm bummed. Nice. You know, protective <laughs> orders and uh, that um, restraining order thing. You know, if the liberals think that those will protect everyone, why don't, let's say Hillary Clinton do a restraining order on every person on earth, then she could get rid of her security guards and her, her um, law enforcement people, right? That follows she, the logic train. Right. So obviously people break the law. And you can't, you can't do anything about that except protect yourself, you know? And so a restraining order is not worth the piece of paper that is written on. I mean, it's a, it's a formality. I understand right. the, the need for them, but it's not, it is not your protection. It might have helped this lady in her case where she had a restraining order makes it a little more powerful note that she she shot this guy she had a restraining order they knew there she was he was a problem right. so it might have helped a little bit well and thank goodness she uh lived in a place where she could have a gun in time because sometimes there you live in states where there's delays right. for whatever reason um we just recently had a, a situation this week where um the nicks background check so everybody that comes in our store is it has to go through a nicks background check and their system was down. And I think that that leads us to Dan's tip of the week. And the theme music didn't play, but that's okay. Okay, we're going to hear that crazy <laughs> bell. If you've listened to us before, you have a crazy bell. It's okay. Um, all right, here's the deal. You know, you know, everybody wants us to have background checks, and they want us to go through all these things. And the, the problem is the system that they're wanting us to use is not 100%. And there's flaws, just like there is in everything the government does. And um, so what happens if you need to buy a gun and you can't buy a gun because NICS is down? That's the federal background um, check. When they're down, we're down. We can't sell a gun unless you have a concealed carry permit. Ah. So what I would advise everyone to do in Arizona is get a concealed carry permit. Not just for that reason. There are several reasons, but... One of the reasons is because with the concealed carry permit, you do not have to take the background check. They, they, you're pre-screened, sort of. So you can come in and you can buy a gun. You show the concealed carry. We still do the paperwork, but we don't have to call it in. That's one reason why to have a concealed carry permit. The second one is to become a responsible citizen. They're going to train you. They're going to teach you things and um, teach you ways to further your education on how to safely handle a gun. So I do recommend, that's my tip of the week, even though we didn't have the bell, <laughs> which I don't like anyway, so I'm good. I love the bell. I picked it, so clearly I love it. But, you know, it's okay. It's, it's a couple of technical difficulties. It, it's not rocking my boat, so. You know, <laughs> Our poor you know, producer is over there going, I'm so sorry, it's not a big deal. This is not brain surgery, thankfully. We, we, the patient isn't going to die on the table. So you know, we've we're had good. several women in, the sto uh, in with us today. Mm -hmm. And w one of the things I have to confess about owning, uh, having guns is I'm intimidated when I w go into a gun shop. Mm -hmm. With all the background I have, with mm -hmm. everything, I normally won't go into a gun shop by myself. Mm -hmm. How do we teach that, especially to the new people, women and men alike, 
that gun shops can be fun mm-hmm. and and interesting. I mean, if we walk into our store, you're going to see history. You're going to see Gatling guns, World War One guns, World War Two guns, all these things. So why wouldn't I think that's inviting? And I go look and see if other shops have the same thing. But there's something about that. And so, you know, it's good that the women are teaching women that it's okay to go into a gun shop. Well, and it also ties in with uh, what Scott, and I'm not even going to try to do his last name again because we messed it up every time, with the Arizona uh, Game and Fish Department was talking about, you know, how do you, if our hunting uh, population is aging out, how do we attract new people when it's intimidating? There's so many steps involved. Well, thankfully, they've got some things in play. So it's the same thing. Right. And, and I just want to add on our gun shop, our, our, our guys will treat you with respect, whether you're a woman or a man, first time or many time uh, gun owner. Uh, it's, it's about respect and, and working with you. So oh, we're uh, very relational. In. I think uh, one of our guys calls it cheers with gunpowder. So <laughs> Norm, right? No beer, though. No beer. No beer. Um, all right. Well, we have to wrap up. I can't believe how quickly the this, two hours goes by. This was a very fun show, serious fun show. It was serious. I really enjoyed fun. it today, and I really want to thank everybody for listening with us. Be sure and check out our website, and you can see all of our podcasts. Absolutely. Um, and the new video that we talked about at the top of the first hour, Friends, Fun, and Firepower. If you go to gunfreedomradio.com and you click on the About tab, That'll give you a drop-down menu, and you'll see that video. It's so much fun. It's like three minutes, but at the Canon, the full auto, it was just a blast, uh, pun intended. And if you have any questions about gunsmithing, please tweet us or send us an email. We'll be glad to help you with that. Yeah, email is talk at gunfreedomradio.com. Well, I want to thank our tech crew, and you stop sweating the fact that a couple of those little cues didn't come up. It's totally fine. I want to thank our listeners. What we do here would not have any legs or wings if it weren't for you taking the message and sharing it and, and getting something out of what we're doing here. Our guests Thank you so much to them for taking the time out of their lives on a Saturday when it's a family day. And I want to encourage you guys to please stay in the conversation. This is a conversation. We want to know what you're thinking. We are listening. Gunfreedomradio.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. So please follow us. Please reach out to us. And until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them. All of them, including the ones you don't like. Okay. (laughs) Especially the ones you don't like. And be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. And we leave you with this thought from President Reagan. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.